Renoites listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Renoites. My name is Connor McQuivy. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Emily Lee. Emily is the editor-in-chief of Growing Up Reno Tahoe magazine, a new quarterly free magazine for families all about things that are happening in the Reno and Tahoe area. I really enjoyed talking to her about raising a family in Reno, how Reno's changed over the years, become more family-friendly, some of the new things that we have available to families that didn't exist here in the past. Emily grew up here in Reno and then moved away and then recently moved back to Reno. A similar story to myself, growing up here, leaving for a while, and then coming back. So we had a great conversation about how Reno's changed and how it is going forward for families. Before we get into the episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by DJ Trivia Nevada. I host trivia at several local venues. Speaking of family-friendly, most of the DJ Trivia venues are family-friendly for players of all ages. You can find our locations at djtrivianevada.com. We have about 20 different games a week, so there's probably one in your neighborhood. Again, that's djtrivianevada.com. You can find out where to play. It's always free, a ton of fun. Come check it out. This week's episode is also brought to you by This Is Reno. This Is Reno is my favorite local news source. They do a really great job of covering what's happening here in the Reno area. Local media is super important to me. You can find them on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and thisisreno.com. I recommend signing up for their newsletter. I get the headlines in my email. It's really convenient, and I recommend you sign up for that. If you have any suggestions for guests, topics that you'd like to hear on the show, I always love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. My email address is connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com. I would love to hear from you so that I can make sure I am making this show the best that it can possibly be. And now, this week's guest, Emily Lee. Emily Lee, welcome to Renoites. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to be here. I know probably all your guests say this, but I really, truly am a huge fan. I've listened to every episode of Renoites. It's just such an interesting podcast, and I really appreciate all the work you're doing. I really appreciate you having me, and I just love the interviews that you give. It's so interesting. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you on the show because so you have a magazine called Growing Up Reno Tahoe that's all about raising a family in the Reno area. And you're from Reno. We have kind of a similar trajectory where like I moved away for a long time, then came back to Reno. You moved away for a long time and then came back to Reno. The difference is I came back to be kind of with my adult family. You came back and have your own family. And what you're doing with Growing Up Reno Tahoe is it seems kind of trying to Uh, let people know that the Reno Tahoe area is a family-friendly place and you're using this magazine to do it, which I think is a really cool project. Again, I'm doing a podcast, you're doing a magazine. I don't have kids, you have kids. Like It's a different focus, a different format. But I think there are some parallels there that are really interesting about trying to share information with people here in Reno. Yeah. Well, thank you for the introduction. And I'm glad you started it off that way because I think a lot of people think I'm from California. I'll get emails. People are like, where are you even from? Are you from here? Like not Mm -hmm. in a, not in a negative way, but people who are from Reno, born and raised, you know, I get it. Like these Californians, um, but I am not from California. I am from Reno, Nevada, born and raised. I grew up out in the North Valleys on a dirt road. And the reason I bring that up is because like, yeah, I grew up in Nevada, like biking out in the desert and 
you know, I'm an, I'm a child of the eighties. So mm-hmm. we didn't have, we didn't even have cable at my house. And a lot of the high schools that, you know, are built now did not exist when I like North Valley's high school wasn't there. So I would get bussed in 30 minutes to go to hug high school, the original hug high school, mm-hmm. which is where my dad graduated. Although he jokes that they didn't really graduate him. They just wanted him gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm long, like my, my dad, um, grew up here, but I did move away for about 10 years and I just moved back this last July. Reno has changed tremendously over mm-hmm. the last 10 years. And when I left Reno, it definitely was not what it is today in a, in an, in an absolutely positive way. When I left, And when I went to college in Reno, it was like clubs, casinos, like Midtown didn't exist. Riverside Market didn't exist. The small business, art culture, all the things that are happening that I love about Reno now, like the Discovery Museum didn't exist for kids. I grew up out in the North Valleys. We never considered going to downtown as like a family outing. That was not like, no, Mm -hmm. we don't, we kind of avoided the downtown area. But like now I, I really feel that Reno is a super family-friendly town on so many levels. The point of the magazine is, yes, to show families, whether you're an avid outdoors person or maybe you're a family who doesn't really do outdoor things, that's okay too. Just we need to embrace our community. There's so much to do within the town and then outlying areas too. Yeah. When did you start to realize that Reno had changed? Because that was one of the things that I noticed is while I was living in other places, I lived in Vegas and then Portland, then Oakland, and I would come back to visit family, not all the time, you know, a couple times a year, holidays, those kind of things. And it was these consistent changes that was like, oh, that's like a new restaurant or, oh, this is like this new project that seems like it's changing the, the look and feel of downtown. And over the years, I noticed these kind of like incremental changes. And at some point, I moved back in 2017. That was almost like this epiphany where I was like, wait a second, Reno has arrived. It's actually cool now. Did you have similar experiences (laughs) where you started to notice those changes along the way? Or was there like a moment for you where it hit you that, wait a second, Reno's the place for my family? Not not in the way that you kind of would come back and notice little things. Because when we came back, when we would come back and visit with our daughter, So our daughter is nine. When I moved to California, she was not born yet. She was born in Chico, California. And we stayed there for about 10 years. She's nine now. We just moved back. So just a little back history for people. But when we would come to visit, we would basically stay like with my parents who still live out in the North Valleys um, or, you know, with other family. And we wouldn't really venture out to the city. But when I lived in Chico, if anyone's ever been there, it's got a vibe similar to kind of what Reno's doing now, where there's farmer's markets and there's fun, family friendly, like it feels a little more intimate and everything's pretty family friendly. And there's like little things to do. And there's Bidwell Park in Chico. So when I moved back to Reno this last July with my daughter, I wanted her to feel like Reno could still be Chico, you know, cause she's nine. So she's like transitioning and like, we're moving to this different city. Well, mm-hmm. Reno's still really cool. Like, so we went out and explored and we'd go to like Midtown and we'd, 
we'd go to the discovery and we'd go to the libraries. We would kind of do the same things we were doing in Chico to help her transition and show her that like Reno is a really cool city. So my daughter is kind of the reason that I started exploring the area and places that as a kid, I never explored before. Like we would definitely go to Tahoe and hiking, but the downtown area itself, we, I never explored it as a kid. So it was kind of like moving to a new city for me in a lot of ways too. And then I found out, oh, they have a farmer's market. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot like Chico's farmer's market. And there's this like small business vibe. So to answer your question, it wasn't until we really moved back and I wanted to make this uh, city feel like it was, it had like that community vibe for my daughter and not just like hide out in our bubble which for us, our bubble is we live in, you know, Somerset, Northwest Reno, and it would be really easy for us to just kind of stay in our little neighborhood. But I wanted her to see that there is a lot of culture, a lot of diversity, a lot of really fun things going on in the city of Reno. Because when you live on in the outskirts of Reno, which we're not really in the outskirts, because if we take 4th Street, we're just 10 minutes from Midtown. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do, people have a habit of kind of like, especially if they haven't moved away and they've lived here their whole lives. What I've noticed is they have a tendency to just kind of stay in their comfort zone. Part of the goal of the magazine is to show people there's a lot going on. And if you've been here for a while and maybe you're kind of just in your comfort zone, here are some ideas to get you out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and go explore because that's what makes a community is getting to know each other and not staying in your little bubbles. And I don't mean that in a negative way. We just go through the day to day. And then like we, we may not realize the library has 25 different events going on, free Mm -hmm. events going on at the various different branches. So for me, it was like stretching my wings bringing my daughter along for the ride and showing her and myself that Reno has a lot to offer. I have a lot of pride in this city. I think there's a lot of misconceptions that Reno is just a gambling town and it's not. That's like the last, I don't know about you, but like like the casinos are like the last thing I think about when I think about Reno. I think about, oh my gosh, we're 30 minutes from Tahoe or we're, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 minutes from Galena Creek. So yeah, I mean, a long time ago, definitely, that was the the main thing I and most people thought about Reno. But it has been a long time since I have considered Reno largely a gambling town. I mean, there are still people who come here for gaming. <laughs> the, you know, the big business downtown still is tourism and gaming. But as someone who lives here, that has not been my understanding of Reno's focus or what it really has to offer as a city for a really long time since before I moved back, really. Sure. Yeah. I like you mentioned Tahoe, too, because that's one of the similar things that I appreciate about Reno is not just the things that are in Reno, but the surrounding area. And the magazine is growing up Reno, Tahoe. I do think we've also developed this kind of regional identity yes. outside of just the casinos in downtown. And I'm seeing more people embrace that, you know, as the city itself, you know, is branding itself as, you know, Reno Tahoe and a lot of the marketing, a lot of people do come to Reno just kind of on the way to Tahoe and giving tourists more things to experience here in Reno as well, I think is important. So can you talk a little bit about, about the magazine? So you, you moved back to Reno and you started this magazine, the idea is to let people know what's going on and kind of show that Reno is a a family-friendly city with a lot of stuff for families. 
Can you just talk a little bit about the the first steps of that? When did you have that idea and kind of what made you decide to do it? Yeah, just real quick on your topic of branding at Reno Tahoe or the brand Reno Tahoe. I don't, mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring this up because I love like going back in the day. Do you remember when Reno Tahoe was Truckee Meadows? Mm-hmm. Like that was the branding was the Truckee Meadows. And I think there's always been this, this urge or this desire to show people it's not like Reno 911. It's, you know, the old show. It's like, it's so much more than that. And that's why I just want to say too, like why I landed on the Reno Tahoe, because when I was growing up, you kind of take for granted Tahoe is really only 30 minutes away. And I would go, but when I moved away, I'm like to get to Tahoe and stay in Tahoe is four to five hours. You'd have to get a hotel or even though we don't really distribute in Tahoe, the farthest we go is Truckee as far as distributing the magazine. I take a lot of pride in the fact that we are right at the base of Tahoe. Mm -hmm. And I just love that they've rebranded it as Reno Tahoe because that is really cool that we're so close to Tahoe. And I'm so happy to be able to bring my daughter up, being able to just go to the beach for the day. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be this like huge production where we have to like plan a weekend and spend a ton of money to stay in a hotel because that is what the reality is for a lot of people who don't. So we are only 30 minutes away and that's a real, that's just, like really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to answer your question about how the magazine got started and like what gave me the idea, when I moved back with my family, again, I I left Reno not having a a child. (laughs) I didn't really, even though I had gone to parks and did outings with my family as a kid, I didn't know a lot of things to do with my daughter when we moved back. We would go out to parks, right? And I'd be like, this is so cool. Like they didn't have this park when I was a kid. Reno Ice, the ice skating rink Mm -hmm. is amazing. There's just so much that has been built and developed over the last 10 years that I wanted to create a magazine that people could pick up at their grocery store, pick up at shops, pick up at the library because we are in all of Washoe County libraries and have a magazine and a publication that functions kind of like highlights magazine and a parents magazine, high quality content that sits on your coffee table. Like that's what I envisioned, like a magazine that would sit on your family's coffee table and you could bring it out and look at it together. We have kid activities in the magazine. We have things to do. We have a two, two to three page calendar that's printed three months in advance. So you guys can, you know, you can talk about, you know, plan some things to do locally and I didn't want it to be online. I, and every parent has their thing, right? Like some parents, they really like to shop organically. And well, you know, that's me too. I also really like to shop <laughs> organically or they are strict about bedtime or sitting down to dinner is really important to them. For me, my parenting thing is that I really am trying to keep my kiddo screen free as much as possible and keep our family screen free. Going online to look at things constantly is not something that I really want to do or encourage just because we all know how it is. Like you get on your phone to look at something and, you know, 20 minutes later, you're completely distracted. Yeah. (laughs) So the magazine is more from my love of reading, my love of print, my love of books. (laughs) Um, And the value that I see in families having something and publication to look at together on the couch and not be scrolling their phones. 
So we try to make it easy every three months for you to pick up our publication, find things to do, find things to read that are all local. Everything in our magazine is local. We don't have any outside contributors that are not local to the area and the topics that we cover are all community based. Mm -hmm. So we're not giving you like a parenting advice that's like all encompassing. Right. We have like the Reno Counseling Collective leading our mental health section, answering real questions from real Reno parents and real Reno kids. So we keep it super local. And um, like I said, the magazine is more just for families to have a way to connect and look at things to do together without necessarily having to go online. Because mm -hmm. again, just quickly, like we have to remember, internet is not something that every family has. And I'm not saying like, you know, online is bad. If you want to look for things online, you can do that. But I also wanted to create a publication that is free that people can pick up because I do realize that there are families that have a tough time even having computer access. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing is just making it accessible for everybody. Yeah, I think that's great. I think the the idea of a print magazine is something that's really important uh, not just the magazine, but print in general. So like the Reno News and Review is the alt weekly, which I'm sure you remember yes. from when we lived here before. And it has been out of print for a long time, but that is coming mm -hmm. back. And that. having so a print alt weekly, having a print family magazine, we have Reno Tahoe Edible, which is another, you know, and that's I know part of a, like a bigger conglomerate. I think there's Edible yeah. in other cities, too. Yeah. And I love them, by the way. I just yeah. want to give a shout out to their owner and editor. She is awesome. I'm Edible Reno Tahoe. She met me for coffee the other week, Amanda, and she was so nice because it's easy in the print world just real quickly to mm -hmm. get completely like competitive. Well, that's my advertiser. This is my advertiser. And Edible Reno Tahoe, just to give them a shout out, they run a beautiful magazine. And I am so honored that their editor sat down with me and like shared some of her insight. But yeah, I did see that Reno, the news and review is coming back and that's mm -hmm. super exciting. Yeah, I just I think that what you mentioned about giving people options that are not online is really, really important because I'm also I'm a very online person, whether I want to be or not. You know, I'm just of the the generation that I guess kind of fell into phone addiction when it was new and has struggled my entire life to get out of it. And having options that are offline but still give that kind of information and have basically everything you need to do to like plan an outing or whatever without having to get on your phone and get caught in some endless scroll on social media, I think is real valuable and especially when it comes to families and kids, I think being able to raise a kid not to be super reliant on picking up the phone every time they need to look something up or think about something or find something, whatever. So there's real value, I think, in in print material. So that's it's good to hear that that was a thoughtful part of why you wanted to do a magazine. You have released two issues so far, right? Is this the summer is the second Yes. Yeah. So we're quarterly and we have launched two issues. Um, we just went to, I guess, on stands with our summer issue the first week of May. I'm still kind of distributing um, a little bit, but yeah, so we're quarterly and then August 1st will be our fall issue. But I do encourage people to go out and find the summer issue because like I said, it's got two pages of a calendar of events, lots of fun things to do for the summer. We try to do also articles that 
are they're interactive, they have a function to them, whether it be the Riverside Farmers Market scavenger hunt or making a ladybug hotel for the big Moana nursery ladybug release that is happening um, June 5th. There's a library's events bingo that you can do. But yeah, we are a quarterly and they run on stands for three months at a time. And yeah, what you were saying about this culture of feeling like every time we have a question or want to find something, we look on our phone. That was just speaking to my heart and soul. And I'm guilty of it too. But instead of just complaining about it and being like, we're the, you know, becoming this culture, this phone culture, this online culture, because it, there's a lot of amazing things about smartphones and the internet. Like, don't get me wrong, but I refuse to believe that we have to go down that road. I really wanted to create a publication that was high quality that kids want to grab for over the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on this weekend or maybe a parent wants to take their kid to a beach in Tahoe this summer. Well, instead of Googling it, like reach for our magazine because we have an awesome spread on best beaches for kids, how much it costs to park, how to park, where to park. It just kind of is my passion for getting people back into print. It has to exist. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be there. And there wasn't one when I moved back. I was looking for a printed publication for families. And besides like being in specific neighborhoods where like they nail things out that kind of have some content in them, but they're mostly ad directories. I wanted something like an edible Reno Tahoe, but for families and children in the region. Yeah. What's, what has the process been like so far with the two editions so far? What have you learned along the way? Is it what you expected? Um, how's it going? Yeah. Um, this is a little cliche, but it is a lot like, you know, building the plane as you're flying it. The biggest thing I've learned is if you can unite and bring together like a team that believes in what you're doing, it makes it so much easier and so much fun. For example, I was trying to do it all with the first issue, mostly out of necessity. But with the second issue, I realized I could not write the articles, develop the content, and design it. I had to move design off my plate. So I found Marin Rush Designs, (laughs) MRD Creative, here in Reno, again, a local creative agency to help me with that. But the process has been, for the most part, like it's been pretty smooth. Again, it just requires a high level of organization and thinking ahead. So for a lot of people, Halloween is not even on their radar right now, you Mm -hmm. know? But for me, we're already planning fall content. For me, it's like having that ahead of time thought process. It's May, but we need to start thinking about what we're going to run in October The process also, in addition to requiring a lot of organization, is just finding amazing advertisers. And I I don't really like to call them advertisers because, yes, they are advertising with us, but I call them partners. They're my partners. They're my people. If it was not for advertisers or partners believing in what we're doing, the Discovery Museum, Reno Ice, Riverside Market, Moana Nursery, not to like keep going, but these local small businesses that are like, yes, this is such a cool idea. We want to support you. We wouldn't exist without our advertisers and partners. So just finding organizations that are like-minded and really want to 
see the vision happen. And then, yeah, just making sure that we have quality contributors who know a lot about the area as much as I cannot be doing the writing and be more in like the project management and editing of it, the better, because I know a lot about the area, but there's some people in our community, a lot of people in our community who know so much more (laughs) than Mm -hmm. I know. And so just making sure that like this magazine is not my magazine, it's the community's magazine and it's, it's everyone's magazine. And so bringing in people who have ideas and want to share their knowledge too, not just, not just me. Yeah. Tell me, tell me more about those partnerships. Cause I think that's an yeah. interesting thing that we learn and I'm learning this with the podcast too, that we have this idea and you think you can make it all yourself, but you need to collaborate with people. You, I mean, this show doesn't exist without guests, those kind of things. It's right. really important right. that you, you need to find the people who can, can bring more than you can bring by yourself. And I know you mentioned in the production of the magazine, you've done that by having someone else help with design and you have other people contributing as writers. What has that been like as far as helping you to have a stronger sense of the connection in the community through working on the magazine? I found that with the podcast, by doing this for the last year or so, I feel so much more connected to the city just by having these conversations. So I imagine you've probably had some similar experience, not just for the the readers, but your, for yourself personally, like by working on growing up in Tahoe, have you felt more involved and connected in the community? Oh my gosh, a thousand percent. It's, mm-hmm. you just hit it on the head perfectly. There are just the most interesting people doing amazing things in our community, behind the scenes folks. You know, you had Casey Crispin on recently with the River, Riverside Market you know, you show up to the Mother's Day boutique event where they close down Riverside and there's a Saturday market and I'm sure she has people helping her, no doubt. But I will say that is so much work to make this happen. And there, there's people like that all across the board, these behind the scenes folks. And that was one thing in the summer issue, we wanted to highlight the Reno Ice Rink because it is such an amazing thing to have in our community. But instead of talking about the rink and all the things, we actually decided to interview the Zamboni driver, which is the driver who, you know, he basically, after every session, he drives the big Zamboni and he first he like chops the ice and I learned all about it. Just even grabbing coffee or if we have to do a Zoom meeting um, with potential advertisers, I have met more people in the last six months of launching this magazine than I have probably in my entire life as far as people who are influential in the community. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that I don't think I would have been able to uh, meet with certain people. I meet with a lot of executive directors of nonprofits in the community because we do have a, uh, we call it our nonprofit of the quarter section. We give a free spot to nonprofits in every quarter Nonprofits who we feel could use a little more exposure. They're either just starting out or they have a mission that's a little uh, not as well known as some of the bigger nonprofits. So I get to meet a lot of executive directors that way. And and there's just some really amazing people in the community. And we hope that, you know, the articles we're putting out there will encourage families to go out and also check it out, you know, and also have a conversation with someone new. Mm -hmm. Um, Put your phone down or take a break and 
and go out because it really is a cool community. For us, advertising partnerships, we, like I said, we couldn't exist. Like your podcast, for example, (laughs) it takes a lot of time. Like it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time and time is money. The magazine is free for the public, but it takes an operation, the cost, the cost of printing it. And so those advertisers and organizations who come on board with us and say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do an, we'll do a quarter page ad. Like if it's the right fit, we also want to talk to them about how can we create content within the magazine, not just an advertising spot. Mm-hmm. We love the discovery museum. I love that. The discovery museum is one of the most incredible assets that our community has for families in the region. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's not just for kids. And that's one thing I just want to say real quick about the Discovery Museum mm-hmm. is it is a science center that really is for older kids, teens, and adults. I encourage adults without children to go to the Discovery. And the reason being is that it is an incredible place to learn about local things, non-local things. It's super fun. Um, anyways, the Discovery, we love them and they have supported our magazine as well. Regardless, we still want to encourage families to go there because I have seen myself as a parent, like we have an annual membership there. And every time we go, my daughter and I, we find something new to do. Same Mm -hmm. thing with Reno Ice. Like we love Reno Ice. And every time we go, I become a better skater and my daughter becomes a better skater. So there's a lot of different organizations throughout the community that you know, we want people to go check out because we've had amazing, memorable experiences there for our family. And we want others to have that same experience too. Also, we want families to feel like they can go do things in the region and not feel nervous about, like as a parent, sometimes we avoid doing things because we're like, where do I park? Do they have bathrooms? (laughs) Like, am I going to be able to, you know, feed my kid? There's all these things that sometimes feel overwhelming as parents. So we just don't do them. (laughs) Or at Mm -hmm. least I haven't. For me last year, I really wanted, this is just an example. I really wanted to go to the balloon races with my daughter, but the thought of parking, where do I go? Where do I sit? Do I, is there food? Like, I just was like, never, never mind. Like I'm not going (laughs) Mm -hmm. this year in our fall issue, we are doing a two page spread all about taking your kids to the balloon races. We want people to feel like, hey, you can go do something you haven't done before and it doesn't have to be overwhelming if you have the right information. So like the Discovery Museum, we did an article this last time on why it's a great place for teens. And then that way families that have, you know, an age difference between their kiddos, like maybe they have an eight-year-old and a 16-year-old can know like, hey, this is a great place because here's the different things you can do at the museum for those different age groups. So, yeah. Excellent. Do you think that Reno's growing in a way that is more things for families? So you mentioned like the Riverside Farmer's Market. Like you mm-hmm. said, I had Casey on recently. That is a super, super family-friendly event. There's the Food Truck Fridays. There's new actual like facilities like Reno Ice. But one of the concerns I assume some parents have I know a lot of parents like smaller towns and they associate that with, you know, it's quiet, it's safe. And Reno is a an urbanizing city. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of growth downtown and in midtown. And I think some parents associate 
growth with the scary things, the crime mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. Um, how do you think Reno is doing as far as growing into a family friendly city? There's obviously still all of the the natural stuff outside of Reno that's not really affected too much by our growth. But do you think that Reno is doing a good job of creating new opportunities for families? Or do you have any concerns about kind of the way Reno's growing? And does it risk becoming a less family friendly place if we're focused too much on, you know, urbanization? You know, I don't know. To be honest with you, I feel like it's going in the right direction. I'm not an expert, but personally, I feel like it's going in the right direction. I also know, having lived in Chico over those 10 years, unfortunately, what I saw when I lived in Chico was what happened was homelessness and transients became a a major concern in our downtown area to the point where people started myself included, started kind of avoiding the area. And then what happened was it just kind of got taken over, like to the point where we, I wouldn't even really feel comfortable taking my kid to city plaza in little old Chico, California, because there was a lot of things that I didn't want her to see in Reno though. I feel like you're always going to have, you know, if we're speaking candidly here, you're always going to have a homeless person sleeping on the sidewalk. You're always going to see that no matter what town you're in, whether it be Reno, San Francisco, Chico, California, you're probably going to see something that feels unsafe or feels like uncomfortable as far as a parent. And like, how do you, how do you feel those questions of like, why is that person sleeping on the ground kind of thing? I'm not sure if that's where you're going with your question, but like, we're going to see that we're still going to go to a show at the Reno Phil. You know, we're still going to go downtown. We're still going to embrace our city. I also feel like mid, like Midtown, for example, they have their, I think it's first Thursdays. The area in general is trying to encourage families to come down and mm-hmm. not feel like it's adults only. Now, is it awesome that like the wild orchid is right at the start <laughs> of Midtown? No, especially if you have a kid who can read and they were like, what does that mean? But, you know, you've got Tuk Tuk Yum Yum with her frozen yogurt parked down in the middle of Midtown and you just keep going. And as far as the safety elements of a bigger city growing, I think if we can keep the community feeling like a community, that's what creates safety in the sense of like, we've all got each other's back. We're all, you know, trying to raise families here. I don't feel unsafe going downtown with my daughter. And I feel like as it continues to grow, there's always going to be areas of 4th Street that are really sad and maybe higher crime, higher drug use. But that's not keeping me from going to a sip and shop at the Alpine, Mm -hmm. you know, or getting a quick bite to eat with my daughter at the Jesse or going to the depot. I don't ever feel like you know, we can't go there because I don't feel safe. I I don't get that sense with Reno at all. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. And I think that there's also some value to, again, I'm not a parent, so I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if my opinion means that much. (laughs) But, but I do think there's probably some value in raising kids with some level of exposure to urban environments because a lot of kids are raised in a very kind of sheltered suburban existence a lot of times. And, um, 
I think that's a little bit limiting. So I think maybe it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for a kid no. to see the realities of, you know, the urban landscape. There, there are kids who don't have that opportunity and don't learn those things and don't have that understanding of the world. And they grow up a little sheltered and not really understanding some of the issues that face, you know, 100%. the people they share our society with. So I think it's not necessarily a bad thing for kids to have some controlled or limited or, you know, managed exposure right. to the right. realities of the urban world. And as Reno continues to grow and change, I think it's okay that the kids of Reno are getting to see a little bit more of of city life, because who knows, maybe they're going to grow up and end up living in a big city sometime, and we don't want them to be completely thrown as soon no. as they see an urban environment. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I had mentioned earlier that I grew up out in the North Valleys, but at the time, because North Valleys High School was not built or conceived yet, um, I, I don't even know if they had broken ground, but I would get bussed 30 minutes to hug high school, which... If you're from the Reno area, it's in an area that is lower socioeconomics. Hug High School is, or the, you know, the old, the one I went to, they're building a new, beautiful one. That being said, that was one of the best things, I think, that prepared me for going to college. And some people might be like, Going to Hug High School was the best thing that prepared you to go to a, a Division One university. Yes, because I got to be friends and have a you know best friends play basketball with sports with students who were totally different culturally than what I was used to, which was growing up on an acre of land on a dirt road out in North Valley's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they were Tongan, El Salvadorian you know, um, black, brown, Hispanic, you know, and I was just like this white kid from rural North Valleys. So having that experience was so good because while we had people on our street who were like, I am not sending my kid to hug high, we're, we're moving, we're going to Galena high school or, and that's fine. That is fine. If that's what you're comfortable with, I'm not judging, but There's also something to be said about allowing your child to experience things that aren't, aren't sheltering them. Mm -hmm. I had like, you know, a house with a yard and I would go to a friend's house and they had an apartment off of Montello that didn't have a yard and it was like two bedroom. So seeing that and realizing that like, there's more, there's different ways to live. There's different people in the city and just having that interaction and exposure. Then when I went to college and I went to a division one school and there were people from all different backgrounds, it wasn't just my little, my little world. I wasn't like sheltered from that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah, that is another thing with the magazine is try to leave your comfort zone and get out and maybe, you know, do the mural map walk that we have in the magazine with your family and You know, if there are situations that come up where there's someone pushing a cart and talking to themselves and that's a, that's a, that's a conversation opportunity to have with your child Mm -hmm. about why is that person pushing a cart and why is that person sleeping on, on the the ground? So I guess, again, it's like perspective. What do you want to do? Like shelter your kids from like never seeing that or like go downtown and when you see it, have a, it's an opportunity for a conversation if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What has the response been so far to the magazine and kind of uh, where do you want to take it? Where do you see it going? The response so far has been good. Um, I haven't had any negative responses. Um, it's all been positive. Most people are like, we really needed this in the community. It's been really helpful. I get emails from people like that was a really cool article. And we've also had a lot of advertisers reach out to us, which tells me that they also feel like it's making an impact enough to want to put their brand in the magazine somewhere. But where I see it going, honestly, is kind of right where it's at. I love where it's at. I'd like to print 5,000 this next round, but I do see it staying a small 36-page publication. That's what a, a Highlights magazine is about. Highlights, I keep referring to them, you know, the subscription magazine. That's pretty iconic for children. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do see it remaining at like 36 pages, minimal ads, three to 5,000 copies in circulation throughout the region at different pickup points. I don't see it becoming a mailer magazine or what I mean by that is like mailed out to people. Um, And I, I don't really foresee it ever becoming an online magazine, but we do plan in 20 next year. (laughs) 2023, Mm -hmm. um, to have past issues available online because a lot of the information in the magazines is pretty evergreen, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with regards to what things to do, parks to go to beaches to go to. So we do plan to put past issues online, but we never plan to like put current issues online. So yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty happy with where it's at right now. Of course we would Love to have more um, small businesses reaching out to us to help us continue the mission through, you know, paid partnerships. Mm -hmm. Where can people find it? You said it's at all the libraries, at local businesses. Uh, If people are looking for a copy, where can they pick one up? Yeah, if you'd like to get a copy, you can go to our website, growingupreno.tahoe.com. And there's a tab that says read at the top. It's like menu navigation read. When you click that, it'll show you all of the locations where the public can pick up a copy. Now, we also push into some schools where we provide copies to schools. And then we also provide copies to like some private preschools and the Boys and Girls Club members. We have like 40 to 50 pickup points for the public. But if you go to that location and they're out of copies... I'm really sorry. (laughs) Um, It's usually because we drop off between 20 to 50 copies at each location, which isn't a lot. And then the remainder of our copies go to either us working out at the markets and having a booth space, or we're pushing into private organizations where we can get the copies into um, the hands of families. Now, if we could get more advertisers, we could probably print more copies. But for right now, you know, we're at about 50 locations. On the website, you can find that list. What else did I miss? What else do you want people to know about raising families in the Reno area or the magazine or yourself? Yeah, um, I don't know. I just like, I love this city. There's so much to do. I encourage parents, if they are on social media, to follow us on Instagram. Obviously, you know, we're promoting the printed version, but we are only 36 pages. So there's a lot more things going on and we try to on our Instagram, show things to do throughout the week that might not make it into the magazine. So our handle on Instagram is at growingup.renotahoe. Just today we posted a great spot to go fishing with your kids. That's only like 10 minutes away. 
and all the things like where to park, where to get a fishing pass, are there bathrooms, all of the things that parents want to know so that they can do like a quick, easy fishing trip with their kids, catch and release. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram for, for those ideas. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Emily. I'm really glad to have you on to talk about family stuff. Like I said, growing up in Reno, I, I think that having left and then coming back really does give you a different perspective. And I meet people all the time. We are not the only ones who left Reno and then came back 10 or 15 years later. Yeah. It seems to be a very, very common trend. And one of the things that I've noticed is when I was a kid here, I didn't think there was much to do for kids. And then now I get a strong sense that there's a lot to do for kids and families. And I really appreciate that you have created this publication that really highlights that, that Mm -hmm. both offers the practical advice and information for parents and families, but also just as a kind of marketing and branding tool for the city in general, the perception or the understanding of Reno as a family-friendly city, I think that's really important to our development as we continue to grow. So I'm, I'm grateful that you're that you're doing that work and that you came on the show to, to talk about it a little bit. Thank you, Connor. You're awesome. And thank you again for your awesome podcast and giving a platform to individuals who are just trying to make a difference and trying to get the word out about their projects. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Renoites and special thanks to my guest, Emily Lee from Growing Up Reno Tahoe Magazine. Pick up a copy. Check out her website. There's a list of locations where you can find it. Check it out. It's a really helpful resource for families in the area. Even if you don't have kids, there's plenty of stuff in there for everyone to learn a little bit about the Reno and Tahoe areas. So thanks again to Emily for coming on the show. If you enjoyed this episode or any other, now is the time for me to ask you to do me a favor and let people know about the show. Word of mouth means everything for a project like this. So if you would like to help me out, please tell your friends, tell your family, share posts on Facebook, all that fun stuff. I don't really have a budget for advertising. It's hard to get the word out about things like this. So anything you can do to let people know about this podcast really does help me out. And I appreciate it immensely. If you want to support the show financially, I also have a Patreon account. You can go to patreon.com slash renoites and sign up to financially support the show, throw a couple bucks a month my way. That will help make the show hopefully financially sustainable as well. Thank you again so much for tuning in. See y'all next week.